Chapter Fifteen of the Pocket Measure by Pansy. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Chapter Fifteen: Measuring Character. What would you say to our going into business? It was Mrs. Spafford who asked the question with as composed an air as though she was saying the most commonplace thing imaginable. No wonder the girls stared. Going into business? Repeated Addie Stowell at last why mrs spafford what can you mean i believe it is feasible their hostess said thoughtfully i think it probable that each of us can do some special thing very well by which we could earn money what is there to hinder our uniting our forces and earning it how is it miss addie can't you at this moment think of a branch of industry which could be made a fair exchange for dollars and cents why yes said addie hesitating a moment then smiling i know how to crochet almost anything if people were willing to buy it after it is done very well suppose now for the curiosity of the thing we learn if there is not a branch of work for each of us i for instance can do plain sewing perhaps a little that is not so very plain if i choose who embroiders and who braids and who hemstitches the subject proved to be one which unsealed all lips and the girls found greatly to their amusement that not one present but asserted her individuality by promptly selecting something from the great field of fancy work that she liked to do in fact would rather do a little of than not but then declared addie i don't know what good it will do us who wants to buy such things they only do it for the sake of benevolence and we have to coax and coax until i'm just ashamed besides mrs spafford i thought you didn't believe in it at all what in going into business oh yes i do i am a firm believer in money-making legitimate business of any sort i have a great respect for i don't propose a fair you understand with an evening of eager exciting work with spirits wrought up to fever heat to be followed by days and sometimes weeks of reaction when all the ordinary work of life becomes vapid this that i propose is an entirely different matter still the girls looked from one to another and then back to her and were evidently greatly bewildered it is a conundrum laughed addie at last and i don't believe we can any of us guess it if we all give it up will you tell us the answer it is just as simple declared their hostess smiling as that two and two make four i am proposing a partnership business based from the very first on strictly business rules and regulations without an atom of benevolence about it why isn't it an entirely reasonable thing suppose for illustration that we had a room in the central part of the town suited to our needs and there we opened a well until we find a better name we will call it a fancy store though i do hope we should develop a taste for strictly useful articles as well as fancy ones now what if each of us was willing to advance not contribute you understand but advance fifty cents each as a capital with this capital we purchase each some material and manufacture one two or three articles for sale when all is ready we open our store say for two hours on saturday afternoons 
one of our number serving as clerk for the first saturday another taking her place on the saturday following we meantime promising that the store shall be kept supplied with the article or articles which we have promised to make provided its returns justify the purchasing of more material we ask no one to buy for the sake of benevolence we put no extravagant prices on anything in the name of benevolence we conduct our business in all respects as our fathers and brothers do dividing the income each month amongst the stockholders and pledging ourselves to use one-tenth of it in benevolence if it shall amount to ten cents a month for each of us our way will be clear to organize a young ladies band then what a tumult there was in that little parlor they all talked at once and laughed and exclaimed and stormed the inventor of this strange scheme with questions she had need of all her wits but mrs spafford how could we plan so as to supply the demand suppose we had but one pincushion for instance and every mortal woman who appeared on some saturday afternoon should insist on having a pincushion women are just so perverse then we would have our secretary notify the members that all the pincushion force were desired to put their brains and fingers to work and make pincushions in view of the next saturday's onset where would we get our material we would need a buying committee or rather a buying partner that is quite common in all large firms some one or two whose duty it would be to purchase material write orders to be sent in as to what was needed and the money for the purchases calculated beforehand and drawn from the funds held by paying clerk suppose she hadn't money enough for the purchases then we should manifestly have to do without the material until such time as we could afford to enlarge our business couldn't we buy on credit both mrs spafford and addie stowell shook their heads emphatically at this and addie said no ma'am you don't catch me launching out in any enterprise that hasn't a solid cash foundation i should expect my father to disown me forthwith if there is anything he hates it is the credit system what if we become bankrupt there is no danger of it mrs spafford answered promptly a business done on cash principles has no occasion for bankruptcy well said marion wells when the babble of tongues was somewhat subsiding it is a novel idea certainly and it is a great deal more fun than a fair but after all i can't see what special difference there is in the right or wrong of the matter i think fairs are all right but if i didn't i fail to see why i shouldn't condemn this also why you don't think stores are wrong do you this question in various forms was levelled at her by several of the girls at once mrs spafford sitting back a silent listener and enjoying this sharpening of their wits oh well marion said of course it was nice to use such phrases but also of course it wouldn't be a real store nor conducted on any such principles it would just be a fair or bazaar or something of that kind with a different name this made mrs spafford sit erect and speak decidedly not if you follow out my plan girls i warn you beforehand that i mean nothing but business i think very likely that real fun as you call it 
can be gotten out of the idea, but it is not to have that for a foundation. I have been proposing a strictly business transaction, and if you vote to adopt my suggestion, it must be with the understanding that every member of the firm is held rigidly to business rules and regulations from the very outset. In fact, I hope one outcome from the enterprise, if you take it up, will be a discovery, if any of you need to make a discovery, that young ladies can be as thoroughly businesslike and methodical in their work as men. We expect to do what is strictly woman's work, it is true, and to do it in womanly ways, but those ways should never for a moment be allowed to become a synonym for looseness or inaccuracies. Now, as to the question concerning the essential difference between such an enterprise and what is known as a church fair. One of my objections to the latter way of working is the fact that there is no legitimate place for any such work. The church, even its chapel or parlor or lecture room, by whatever name you call its smaller rooms, is not, and according to my idea, should never become a place of merchandise. Buying and selling may be very legitimate transactions, but we don't want to see them carried on in a church. Even when we hire a hall for the purpose, it is not actually suited for such a purpose, and the large amount that is likely to be charged for it detracts so much from the possible profits that it of itself begets in us a feverish desire to make up that leak by enormous profits, or questionable side-traps, like post-offices and lemonade wells, even if we do not descend to the actual coarseness of ring cakes or grab bags. This plain speaking produced a sensation. The girls bestowed speaking glances on each other. Convenient elbows were nudged, and one or two quite loud ahems indicated that some portion of the audience considered another portion of it touched on sensitive points. None of these little asides did Mrs. Spafford pause to notice, but hastened to add, Then another and very important drawback is the fact that preparing for a fair always brings a period of feverish haste and excitement. The eventful evening about which so much talk has been made, and of which so much is expected, is chosen and announced, and draws near, and the gay young workers wake up at the eleventh hour to discover that they are not nearly ready for it. Then come late hours, and neglect of books and study, and duty of almost every sort, and the girls run hither and thither distractedly, unable to think of anything but the approaching crisis. Finally it comes, and the last day before the final crush is often filled up with heart-burnings caused by mistakes made, or quick words spoken, under the impulse of haste and strong excitement. Haven't you admitted here this afternoon that such is nearly always the case? Besides, I wonder if any of you can have forgotten the distressing reaction of the next morning, when only a very few of you rise to the degree of self-abnegation necessary to helping royally in the clearing up. The rest stay at home and are miserable, because their consciences hint that they ought to be helping, and those doing the work are miserable, because they are tempted to say sharp, uncharitable things about the people who are not helping." and for days thereafter there seems to be very little in life worth doing, while, at the same time, nothing looks so improbable as that they will ever want to go through the trials of another fair. 
now all this is unnatural and unhealthy in business life it is very different there is a regular routine which never or at least need never rise to an absorbing height to be followed by days of reaction besides there is no temptation to lose all delicacy of feeling and sense of propriety and make oneself a nuisance by tormenting people to buy what they do not want because it is for the church as if the church were a beggar and must be supported by public charity mrs spafford's cheeks glowed she was very sensitive where the honor of the church was concerned as she looked at the matter it had been made by those who should have guarded its reputation carefully to wear the guise of a pauper long enough some of the girls laughed they thought their leader peculiar they were incapable of taking such high ground why should they not be their mothers before them had not taken it had not so educated them but there were two or three whose thoughtful faces and earnest eyes helped mrs spafford wonderfully she could plainly see there was material here for growth if only two or three and those leaders could be educated even at this late day to take such a stand as she was sure ought to be taken on all these questions the generation to come would see a reform but whether most of the girls saw the principle at stake or not they saw the novelty and were interested and excited over the scheme to go into business to make money to be partners and have a buying committee and a money drawer and a scheme unlike anything else that had ever been tried was something that they could understand and appreciate with but one exception they voted unanimously in favor of the scheme miss lily archer was sure it would not meet with mamma's approval mamma has peculiar ideas she said looking down with sweet shyness and toying with her fan i beg your pardon for saying so but i am sure she will think it unladylike poor little lily archer mrs spafford had herself seen her personating rebecca at the well dressed in a startlingly picturesque costume dipping up lemonade for certain fast young men who laughed and talked too freely with the jewish maiden to represent either ancient history or modern propriety according to the views of some but the fair lily as unlike the jewish type of features and color by the way as her mimic lemonade well was unlike the spot where rebecca watered the sheep had never been taught that style of propriety also she had seen her in a tableau personating a richly dressed and richly jeweled dishonorable wife receiving a tender caress from a man who was not even in the tableau her husband and neither she nor her mother had considered this unladylike what could be expected from such nevertheless miss lily did not positively withdraw she said she would think about it would talk with mamma it was all so very new and queer nothing like it had ever been done in our set you know oh she would help make pretty things and buy them very likely and of course she would give the fifty cents why did they have such a ridiculously small sum to start with oh as to giving and all that sort of thing of course she would help but she couldn't put her name down as one committed to sustain the enterprise at least not now 
and just here mrs spafford interposed no they would not take her money if she were not ready to join heart and hand in the work they would have none of her it was right that she should consult her mother of course they were all to do that nothing was to be definite this afternoon except plans to be submitted to the heads at home the only question to be settled was do you agree heartily uncompromisingly to all this if mother and father do still miss lily's name would not go down and mrs spafford had discovered what she surmised and wanted to know that mamma was put in as a graceful way of saying that the idea looked dull and commonplace and lacking in gentility to the fair lily occasionally there is a curious offshoot from the parent tree as unlike what might be expected as possible just such an unexpected character did lena bacon suddenly develop she shook back her gay brown curls and flashed her bright eyes and declared that she thought it was just fun ten times nicer than any fair she had ever heard of and she was going into it with all her heart and could paint christmas cards in a perfectly lovely way everybody knew and they'd see what she could do what shall we do for a store queried one and the question brought a sudden lull and all eyes looked inquiringly at mrs spafford as though she were then and there expected to produce a store ready for occupancy we need a room in somebody's house she said promptly a good-sized convenient room that some person who has more house room than she needs will rent to us on reasonable terms oh yes indeed we must pay rent this is not benevolence remember it is business who of us wishes to beg a house to live in rent free where shall we find the person to appeal to who has unnecessary house room immediately all eyes were levelled at addie stowell she lived with her father mother and young brother in the old family mansion which had been almost in the country in the days long ago before the city moved up so far the family had been old aristocratic and wealthy the wealth had departed but age and aristocracy were left still it was no sham aristocracy the family had no more idea of trying to profess themselves rich now that they were poor than they had thought of professing poverty in the days of their wealth but a store in the old stowell homestead that was a leap somewhere surely and yet the house was so large and so roomy and so quaint and so exactly what would delight every girl among them addie laughed you all look at me as though i owned a first-class store in my own right she said gaily i know what you are every one thinking of you see yourselves at this minute selling tape and thread and pins in our big old shut-up parlor ought we not to have a thread and needle and so forth department mrs spafford it is a perfect nuisance to have to take a car downtown for everything of that sort that is wanted i know plenty of people who think so well i'll ask mother and father that's the best i can do we have thought of most everything to help along but we never thought of renting the parlor for a store before now that's the truth but why not mother'll be willing i think i don't know about father why lafayette was entertained in that house you know and general washington himself 
it ought to be dedicated to liberty and the pursuit of happiness then oughtn't it sure enough well i'll see what i can do end of chapter fifteen